I have a couple specific things that I really wanted to look at this morning and while I was praying and things that have been on my mind and on my heart. And one of the things that I asked the question is, what do we look like to those outside of the church right now? What, what do we as Christians look like to those outside of the church? Are we more of the same that we're seeing in this nation and, and all the bickering and finger pointing and all the stuff that's going on that's driving most of us crazy? It is disgusting. It's a, it's a difficult time. And like I said last week, you know, your kids are watching, your grandkids are watching you, your coworkers are watching you, especially if they know you're a churchgoer. Are we unified? Maybe. Maybe the church is. But how are we unified? Are we unified by our political beliefs? Here's the truth. On this planet, there is no political party that is fully aligned with God's plan for his people. Every single political party fails at at that attempt. Every one of them. Some may seem more in line with the others, but all still fall short. So let's not get so focused on the political that we ignore the spiritual. You know, God does not care if you call yourself a Republican or a Democrat or Independent or whatever else you want to call yourself. He doesn't care about that. He cares how you show love to others. And are you reflecting his son in the way you treat others? That's what he cares about the most. The enemy loves distraction, and there's plenty of it out there today. And when the church starts turning political, we alienate a majority of God's people. We do. Let's not do that. Let's not get sucked into the schemes of the enemy because his purpose is to divide and disrupt. If you want to know if this is affecting you, just ask yourself about how you feel about other Christians who voted differently than you. Do you think they're less of a Christian because they voted for a different than you did? Do you look at them differently now because you see that they've said, I voted for this candidate? Do you look at them and question their integrity as a Christian? If if so, I say, that's the enemy messing with you. I understand there are very distinguishable differences between both parties. I understand that. But God is looking at our hearts. I want to pray for the church this morning. But before we pray, I want to read a couple of passages of scripture that I was given this morning. And this one comes from Micah 6, 8. It says, no, O people, no, the word N-O, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and what is, and this is what is required for you to do, to do what is right. And that is to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Love mercy, walk humbly Not with a political party, but with our God. And in Matthew 5, 9, it said, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. People will call you a child of God when they see that you are working for peace. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And the key word in that whole thing is they will see the Father in the good deeds that you do. It doesn't say, let your good deeds shine out for all the world to see so that everyone will know who you are. It says, so everyone will know who the heavenly Father is. We need to reflect the Father. And finally, in James 1, chapters 19 through, chapter 1, verses 19 through 20, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. God help me on the last two of those. Human anger does not produce the righteous desires of God. It it doesn't. Quick to listen, Maybe some of us are, you know, we'll listen quickly, but then are we slow to speak? Most of us, well, me, sometimes no. I got an answer for you right now. I don't even have to think about it. And out it comes. And, and the amount of destruction and, and damage that that can do in the moment is significant. I see some people pointing to their spouses. But we've all gone there, right? We've all just, we couldn't help it. I've done that too. I've, you know, you want to just get involved in something else. I was talking with a person yesterday who got in a confrontation on social media with, with, uh, with somebody and it was every right to, and I've been there. I've done that too. It just feels like, ah, but I got to give them all my wisdom here and just tell them what I think. And I know as soon as they do that, they're going to say, oh, of course, you know, it's, it doesn't work. But it's so easy to be quick to speak because it's just out there. But this is, God is saying, listen, be slow to speak. That doesn't mean speak slowly. That means just wait a while before you respond to something. Give yourself time to cool off. As parents, when you, the worst thing you can do is discipline your kid in the moment and be really upset and just, you know, you want to calm down a little bit, gather yourself, and then, you know, it's much more well-received. But for us, it's hard to be slow to speak and then slow to get angry follows right along. You know, if you quickly respond, it just, that always fuels the fire. And then all of a sudden, you're going to not be slow to get angry. You're going to get angry, and all of a sudden, your day's going to be ruined because of an argument you had with somebody that you'll never meet. And I've been there <laughs> multiple times. So I want to pray. Let's, let's bow our heads, and let's pray for the church. When I say church, I mean anybody that believes God and his son. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. We just, Lord, we, we are your witnesses. I pray that we are good witnesses for you. And Father, forgive us when we failed in that, Lord. And, and we are human and, and it's not an excuse, Father, but we are susceptible to failure. But I pray, Father, that we remember that each and every word we speak, especially to those who know who we believe, that what comes out of our mouth represents you. Father, we want to be good ambassadors for you on this planet. The world needs to see you in us. And Father, I pray that you give us... (laughs) 
give us patience, Father, because there are things out there that are, that are just irritating a lot of us. And Father, it is, humanly speaking, very difficult sometimes to, to just hold back. But Father, let us all speak in love. Father, I thank you for the church. I thank you for establishing the church through your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the first 12 who went forward and, and followed him and learned from him and, and established the church as we know it. And Father, it has deviated much from that simple time. I pray that we get back to it. I pray that we get back to just loving our neighbor and meeting needs. Right here in this community, Father, you've placed fires under people right here in this church that are meeting needs on a daily basis for people. I pray that that speaks more than the words that we could ever produce. And Father, I thank you for the church. I thank you in this country, the church is free to worship and free to speak your name without hesitation. And Father, I pray that you use us, Father, in mighty ways coming up, Father. The world is going to need something of faith to hold on to, Father. And you are the one true God, and we are the ones to deliver that message to the world. I pray that we have the strength and determination and the will to do that for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next, I want to pray for our nation. Many of you probably know there's a lot of contentious stuff going on right now. It was... Yesterday, there were some big rallies for the current president around the country. Seemed to be pretty um, decent. And then I guess last night, there were some really bad things that happened, and people got hurt and beat up, and this just got to stop. Just got to stop. We need to show mercy. Mercy is this. Mercy is a compassion or forbearance shown especially to an offender, or to one subject to one's power. Mercy is a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion. It is compassionate treatment of those in distress. We need to pray that our nation becomes a nation of mercy, and it needs to start with our nation's leaders, whoever they are, whoever they will be. Because... The, the environment we're in now is more than toxic in our country. And there's already start about talking about no matter who gets elected, that the other ones are going to fight them for the rest of the next four years and on and on. And I understand that there are some merits to that. But when it becomes a point where it's dividing people, sometimes showing mercy is the strongest thing you can do. But as we know, in this country, in politics, showing mercy is a no-no. They got it backwards. They want to see our country grow and prosper. Can't do that without showing mercy, and it has to be shown from the top. And boy, that's hard. That's difficult. There's so much division that's handed down from our leaders today. We need leaders who are brave enough to disagree without hating or loathing the other side. Wouldn't it be nice to have the two, the president-elect and the president, get together and say, you know what, let's just, we want to do what's right for this country. Let it start. I can't imagine what that would start. I can't imagine. And yes, leaders, whether they are Christian or not, have the power to have influence. 
and then everything can stem from that. Read the Old Testament. Read some of the passages in there, especially in Chronicles, about some of the nations that have fallen under because of a, one leader. One leader and the division that was caused. Our nation has literally been ripped in half and strongholds are being established that could impact generations to come if something doesn't change. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not afraid of this. I fear no man. But it is going to make it difficult for our kids and our grandkids and our grandkids' kids. It's like the Hatfield and the McCoy situation, right? Brother against brother. The cycle will continue until mercy is shown and somebody has to have the willingness to put aside their anger and show mercy. Mercy is not weakness. It is one of the most powerful things that can be shown. We need to pray that we show mercy to others. As a church, we can't expect our leaders to do that if we're not doing the same for people right here. The same mercy that God has given us, our nation, our world, needs this. That's fine. It's good. It's good transition. So let's pray for our nation right now. Father, we come before you this morning, and again, Lord, we just... It's frustrating. We're just going to be honest with you, Father. It's frustrating to see the divisions and... and it, the disunity in our nation and, and just the horrific scenes we've been seeing on television and, and hearing in news reports of people just beating each other up for, for what? And Father, I pray for our leaders. I pray that this change starts with them. Father, whether they believe in you or not, Father, you can orchestrate them. You have power over governments. Your word says it, and we're pleading, Father that you intervene and cause this nation to become a nation that's focused solely on you, that the division just goes away, Father, and that we come together. And Lord, that the hate and, and all the bitterness and, and all the rage just dissipates, Father, because you pour your love out on this nation, Father. We need that. Father, I pray for the generations that are going to come behind us, Father, and, and, and see what's been going on. Father, let them point to a day very soon where it pivoted, Father, for the good because your church prayed. Lord, we just thank you for our leaders. We will pray, Father, earnestly for our leaders, no matter who they are. And Lord, we pray that you just turn this country around so that we, this country, can be a light to the world. Amen. Next, I want to pray for families and our children. From Deuteronomy. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. In other words, don't stop telling your kids about who God is. Don't stop reminding them about the power that God has. And don't stop reminding them that they are daughters and sons of the king. They are royalty. They need to hear this because they are going to hear so much junk out in the world. 
Let's pray. Father, again, we, we come before you, Lord, and we pray for these children in this room, the ones that are just smiling and have a good time and running around and just enjoying life, Father. You hold them dearly. And Father, we pray for them earnestly, Father, that they grow up knowing you, that your word just silences all the words of the enemy that they would try to throw at them as they grow, Father. They are daughters and sons of a king, the, the king. Father, let us never, never silence the children, Father, but let them speak. Let them be heard. Let them be seen, Father. And Lord, we just pray blessings upon the parents and, and those who would watch over these, these kids, Father, that you would just give them patience because, let's face it, we need it sometimes with kids. But Father, I just pray that this generation coming up knows you more than any previous generation has and changes this world, Father, by showing mercy, grace, and love to those who are different than them and who the world would reject. And Father, I pray for the parents that you give them wisdom and you remind them that they are looking into not the eyes of, a, of their son or daughter, but the eyes of your son and daughter. And Father, we pray and we thank you for the kids that are in this church, the ones that come in here in the morning and just so full of life and with all that's going on, they're, they're still smiling. Sometimes ignorance is grand, Father. And, and, and Lord, we just thank you for that innocence. And let us not forget that you have that for us if we choose it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to pray for this, for the sick. And as I pray, if you want to call out the name of somebody, feel free to do that because God knows the need. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for the ability that we can come and, and ask for healing. And Lord, this, we don't take this lightly, and we've watched your son demonstrate this. You heal. You can heal. We know that, Father. We come to you this morning and ask for healing for those names that will be called out, Father, that you would just touch them, and that you would just hold them close, Father, that you would just restore their health. Go ahead and call out names if you want. Thank you, Father. You hear the names, you know the faces, you know the need. Father, we just lift them up to you and, and Lord, just do your thing. We know and we believe as Christians, as sons and daughters of yours, that you can heal. That's, that's not a, even a question for us. So, Father, we pray and ask that your will be done in these situations. We thank you and we praise you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, I want to pray for joy. It seems to be lacking, and there's no wonder. You know, we, we, we are human, and it's, you know, uh, if, if I ever walk around to you 
for the rest of my life. And I'm just told you I'm just so happy all the time. Call me out on it. Because it's not, it's not reality. It's what we're supposed to be. But just because you're in a situation like we're all in now, you know that you can choose to be joyful. Sometimes we rely on the feeling to come over us first. We start to feel like, you know, well, we'll be joyful when all of this stuff starts going away and people are hugging each other again and there's no virus and, you know, nobody's fighting in Washington, D.C. again. Hey, we prayed. It's going to happen. When all that's there, then I can feel joy. Well, the Bible says, no, you, you don't. You don't need to wait for joy to come. It says this in James 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When, when all this trouble comes to you, get ready for some joy. It's... it's it's fun reading scripture and just thinking, yeah, that sounds really good. But then when you go outside the doors and it's reality and troubles come your way, the last thing, honestly, you're probably going to be thinking of is this is going to be so great. Really, it's, it's, it's just not going to feel that way. But James is telling us, he said, it's an opportunity for great joy. The opportunity is something you have to take. You know, when you have an opportunity for something, you have to take that opportunity. When somebody presents you with a job offer, a great opportunity, you have to take the job. He says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Okay, that still doesn't sound very fun. Because if your endurance is growing, that usually means you're working out and you're working hard and you're out of breath and you're sore. Okay, that still doesn't sound fun. But... When your faith is tested, you have the chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, when you've gone through all that pain and you've gone through all that growing, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That is pretty joyful. So we don't want to wait for joy to come to us. I don't know about you, but... Some people have already started setting up for Christmas. How many of you, if you dare, have started setting up anything related to Christmas in your house yet? Wow, I'm the only one. I was just stretching, I, I really. See, now I got others you know, joining in. It's like, there have been people that have started earlier. Um, my wife, um, who is never usually like that, but this year she's setting up early and I already have a little fake Christmas tree in my office and all that stuff. And we bought the we bought our dog a Snoopy um, blanket from the Christmas thing. But little things like that. And I, I was telling Michelle the other day, it's like it just doesn't feel this doesn't feel like the time to be to be this way. She goes, "Well, you have to choose it." So she must have been thinking of this particular Sunday because that really hit home with me and it's true sometimes you gotta just choose joy and it's it doesn't mean you're all of a sudden gonna be joyful but when you choose and start looking at your situation and realizing that this is going to be okay then it's starting to lighten the load a little bit and we all need that right now 
Over 2,000 years ago, in a time of persecution by an empire of leaders of God's people who decided to exchange grace and mercy for politics, the following was promised in Luke 2, chapter 10. I said that earlier too. Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. This is what was promised in the midst of all of that chaos. I'm talking about right before Jesus was born. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. In just a few weeks, believe it or not, we are going to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we need to have joy. No matter what's going to be going on, yes, the virus, again, is, is making its way back. It's flu season after all. And it's difficult and people are struggling with it. But if we hold on to all the things that we know are difficult and we just wait, wait for that to be over to have joy, we'll never have joy. We have to take it and we have to, and we have to just trust in the Lord. And I know that's hard, especially when you're in the middle of it. Especially when you're in the middle of it, it's difficult. But that's what we need. And so I want to end today and just pray for that joy. And when you walk out those doors, and maybe even before, you find something to be joyful about. And regardless of the circumstances that surround it, just hold on to that. Let's pray. Father, as we close this morning, we just want to thank you for the promise of joy. And Father, we know that there are stipulations with it, Father. In, in the beginning, it's going to seem impossible. It's going to be difficult. We're going to have to endure a word we don't like to focus on that much, Father, but it's true. But we know that in the end that we will be made into the person that you would have us become. And that is why we can find joy in any situation. And in the middle of everything that's going on, for those who have people who are suffering right now from this virus, Father, I just ask that you give them the joy that they're seeking. And Father, for those who are at home and, and feel just cramped and, you know, it just, it's, it's difficult, I, I pray that you give them the joy that they're seeking. Father, right now in this moment, I pray for those in this room and, and the families represented here that joy springs forth because they choose to acknowledge that you have joy for them. And Father, I pray that that kindling of joy just in this small church, Father, just has exponential effect outside of this building, Father, and people start seeing and feeling joy again in the midst of everything we have going on. And more importantly, Father, that they know it comes from you because it couldn't possibly come from any, any place else. And Father, I thank you and, I, and we love you this morning. And Lord, I just pray as we leave that we just remember who we are. We are your children first and foremost. We're not beholden to any human being or any government here, Father. We are here to be a light and to love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.